0: da 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 da
1: dungeons and dopamine ta hello welcome to dungeons, dungeons and, and dopamine. dopamine i'm jess warsniak and i'm brie fagan and we are here to deliver some dopamine this week week 5
2: Five whole weeks.
1: Unbelievable.
2: And people have listened to it. Now.
1: They really have. Yeah. They like us. You like us.
2: <laughs> you really like us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> One thing I don't feel like we've addressed very well. We talked a little bit in our first episode about how we feel about ADHD and why we're doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. And we kind of joked that it's because we're funny, which isn't a joke. It's true. Absolutely. (laughs) But I think it's really important to point out, and we don't do this a lot because it gets all serious and stuff, but I think it's really important to point out that for us, this is about working with our ADHD Mm -hmm. instead of just
2: fighting against it. Instead of just surviving with it. Yeah. Trying to do something that works with it and is actually enhancing, you know, adding to our lives and bringing joy to our lives and not just being defeating and hard and tough all the time. There's a lot of internet, especially with TikTok and all of the knowledge about ADHD that's going around. You know, a lot of, oh, ADHD is my superpower. Like, yeah, okay, but... Also, sometimes it sucks. It's there are so downsides. hard. Yeah. And it, it's hard to just feel like your brain's broken all the time. Like yes. people are out there just doing their jobs and and like doing what they're supposed to do and getting things done and they just do it. It's just easy for them. And some weeks it's just so hard and draining just to get through the week or get through a day. And it makes me sad that other people don't have to fight that every day.
1: Definitely. And I think that, personally, I think my ADHD is a part of me. It makes up some of my personality. Mm -hmm. I've always been called, like, spunky. And I'm sure I've been called several mean things, too, because of my ADHD. But I've also been told things, and I'm not bragging, but things like, when I come into a room, I bring energy with mm-hmm. me, and that's incredible. Once again, I'm not trying to brag. It's just such a nice thing to hear. And, and it's true, <clears> oh, <throat> <Aww>, heart. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think it's really important to embrace that about ourselves. It's almost like losing an appendage. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the most attractive appendage. <laughs> But if we cut it off, we would lose ourselves. And that's not yeah. to say we shouldn't medicate or we should deal with it how we have to. But I want this podcast for us, I think that's what we both want, to be like a a trophy of how far we've come in 30-some years mm-hmm. to beat our, or to work with our ADHD. because. And- Beating and to use not it to what our advantage
2: yeah it's, it's you know getting here was hard it took 30 years but you know setting the time aside and learning the things that we had to learn to even be able to get to this stage but we made it through all of that and now we like I have a hard time stopping once I get into these topics and it's just it is it's bringing joy to my life Yes. I'm excited to yeah. learn these things I'm learning a bunch of new stuff. Sometimes it's just like, oh, I've always really wanted to learn about this. Now I have an excuse. Yes. And it feels good. It feels amazing. And I've always sat back personally and
1: people talk about like, do the job you love and do the things you love. And I sit there and I'm like, but I like video games <laughs> and I like sleeping and I hyper fixate and I like... You know, fill in the blank, whatever specific thing I love at the time, because I do love all of them all the time, (laughs) but I will fixate on one or two of them at a time. And it's just, it's always been hard to figure out how to, how do I do what I love, but this is it. Like this is me talking about things that interest me and that I love and we get to hang out. Right. Which, which is a huge perk. And especially
2: as adults. Like, yes. How often do adults get to go hang out with their best friend for a couple hours pretty much every week? Just talking. Yeah. And be- and calling it productive. Exactly. I don't even... My husband can't even be mad. I'm like, oh, I'm going to Jessica's because we have to record. It's not like, oh, I'm going to just go hang out at Jessica's and, and you have to deal with everything. It's like, I'm doing something productive and also giving myself dopamine and we're giving others dopamine too.
1: And we've had such epic support from people. Yes. I think it speaks to working with your ADHD that so many people are like it's like we're sitting there having a conversation with you guys and I love that.
2: Yes, that's exactly how I wanted it to feel that we're just hanging out with people and Sharing what we know, Um, I think for me, this particular idea, this making it a podcast started, I don't know if you remember a few years ago, there was like an internet Pinterest suggestion where friends would get together and like make PowerPoint presentations for each other and i remember sending it to you and both of us were stoked about that idea like the idea that i would just make a powerpoint about anything i loved and get up in front of all my friends and talk about it for 30 minutes for some reason super appeals to me and now we get to do that minus the powerpoint but maybe we'll add those
1: and let's be honest, the PowerPoint was the least appealing part. Because oh, I that's. I really
2: like PowerPoint.
1: Do you? I, I haven't done it in a long time. We use them for work, but I don't have to make them. Oh, right. But I do, strangely enough, follow someone on TikTok who <laughs> makes them.
2: <laughs> and I could not tell you the last time I had to make a PowerPoint. Right. Even with all of the jobs I have, I do not make PowerPoints anymore. I don't know why. Maybe I'll start.
1: I'm going to (laughs) start. You should. Absolutely. We can post them on your Realtor page. Yes. So, anyway, just a a quick break from our silliness, our, our topics, our sometimes nonsense, just to speak on that and encourage you to do the same thing. If you fight ADHD, or frankly if you fight anything that is a part of you, see what you can do to work with it it might not come to you for 30 years because this did not come to us for 30 years and we don't have any i mean sure if it takes off and we become professional podcasters (laughs) all the better great but it's for us i think it's more of like a hobby cast yeah and that makes us happy and we've brought dopamine to others who've told
2: us that we're making them happy too and it's important as adults to set the time aside and figure out something that makes you happy and that you have passion for and work with whatever your strengths are to make it happen because this is totally worth it
1: absolutely this is so much fun and even if we find that we don't have a lot to say going on in our lives we always can talk about this yes <laughs> so just a timeout of encouragement and a little bit more reason for us being on the podcast besides just we're funny because we is are also funny. true yeah so now that we've gotten the sappy stuff out <laughs> of the way i'm gonna dive into some more folklore or folklore, folklore. <laughs> Because last week's episode was better than folklore. folklore.
2: Dang it, <laughs> now no, I can't say it than wrong. not folklore. Not at all. Definitely better than folklore.
1: <laughs> we're not going to set the bar that high. <laughs> we're better than meth, we're better than methane, we're better than murder, but we are not better than folklore. So, um, before I dive in, I am going to just throw this out there. If you like this folklore and you like stories... You should once again check out How to Survive Camping by Bonnie Quinn. They are a little odd. I started rereading them. I, in fact, purchased the hard copies of the books because I appreciated her and I wanted to show that appreciation. So I purchased the books, but you can read them for free. And I did realize that they're a little strange to read through because they were originally short Reddit Mm -hmm. posts. So, bear with them. The story is great. Totally
2: worth it. And if Um, you do, I bought the first one on Amazon Kindle. And it was relatively cheap. I want to say three bucks or something. Yes. Um, yes, And she does preface it in the books that this started as a Reddit post. And so, some of it, she did change some things that uh, maybe wouldn't have made sense without the comments from the Reddit post. So, she included those into the story. But she kept everything important exactly the same she comments on how it might read a little strange because yes. of that but even the first chapter that I read was pretty good already
1: <laughs> and also it makes for really good like short reads so if you think you're going to be sitting in like a doctor's office or in your car waiting for the kid to get out of sports or something you can just read a few chapters and feel satisfied you won't feel like you've have to keep going Mm -hmm. and looking at you Sarah J Moss. (laughs) You don't
2: have to stay up until 3 a.m finishing (laughs) that book even though you have to work tomorrow. Your eyes don't need to be on fire. (sighs) Anywho,
1: (laughs) folklore. (laughs) Folklore. (laughs) Folklore. So today I'm specifically focusing on English folklore which is really fun and you are going to see a lot of movie and story tie-ins specifically harry potter but now that i've said that the first one is brave which is one of my favorite movies oh so good love it they anyway okay yes so (laughs) i was gonna tangent but we've already gone pretty far (laughs) so the first creature in english folklore are the willow the wisps which are also called fairy fire or death candles, which is a little bit more foreboding. Mm -hmm. And the -the will-o'-the-wisps, such as in Brave, are often known for leading people places. They can be either benevolent or malevolent. (laughs) (laughs) And oftentimes are typically more malevolent. They can work with other evil creatures. They can also, depending on if you respect them or not, There's that
2: respect thing again. I always gotta
1: bring it together. You, they might lead you maybe to treasure or out of danger. So if you're lost in the woods or they might lead you to a hidden treasure chest or something along those lines. Um, Most times they're just gonna
2: lead you to painful death, but I'm very disappointed in that because I am definitely the type of person that would follow the lights. <laughs> Which you Which are not supposed to do. I am not do. supposed to do. If but you
1: even started reading the How to Survive Camping stories, yeah. it
2: says, Don't follow the lights. Like the very per- first page. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> I would die <laughs> so quickly and if fairies were done. real. <laughs> They'd be like, watch this. I'd be like, oh, shiny. (laughs) Look at that light, guys. (laughs) There's another one. And another one. (laughs) And then I'd never be seen again. Maybe the ones
1: that would find you would be like, she's so cute. And they would accept you into their fairy lives.
2: That's kind of how I live my entire life. Yeah. You know, being short and tiny. I just assume (laughs) as long as I can come off as cute, somebody will always love me. Fair enough. I like it. Um,
1: I think you're cute, and I like you, so
2: see, it's been working for at least thirty years.
1: yeah, yeah, granted, I don't in my free time lead people into danger
2: either, so I appreciate that. you know I feel I do like what this I can. is why this friendship works. <laughs> why I haven't been in jail or anything yet <laughs> <You're>, you've never <laughs> led me
1: into danger so far. there's still time. <laughs> just let me figure out how. <laughs> Let's visit the Bermuda Triangle. Alright.
2: We'll follow the lights there. <laughs>
1: yes. Perfection. <laughs> so, uh, one thing I did notice in English folklore is they have a bone to pick with black dogs. There okay. are several black dogs in folklore. So, I don't know if there was like an epic... Epic... <laughs> <laughs> an epic epidemic (laughs) i always find most epidemics to be epic truly (laughs) okay anywho an epidemic of like black wolves that were rabid or something but there's a lot so number one the bar guest He's a huge black dog, and he preys on lone travelers. If he feels you're getting in his way of his prey, he will strike out and attack you with his paw, and your wound will never heal. So that's fun. Oh,
0: boy. Um,
1: and if you are the target of one and you see him, he you will die later. Mm-hmm. So... That very much reminds me of Harry Potter yes, with, with the, the tea gr- leaves. The grim. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now this one you should be super familiar with. If you're not, I'm going to give you disadvantage roles on our entire <laughs> next playthrough of D and D. And that is because these are red caps. I do
2: remember the Red Caps. Yes,
1: very good. I'm glad for that. (laughs) Um, You guys actually have the name of a Red Cap who you can call upon because you guys were beating the crap out of them and the fight was going on forever. (laughs) So I DM'd and I made a new rule. (laughs) (laughs) We need that sometimes. Hey, you know, it might have been my fault. Maybe I made them too hard and gave you too many of them. But regardless, so the Red Caps, as you know, uh, were... Red hats. Mm-hmm. They're kind of gnomish, but never, ever, ever think of them as gnomes. They typically hang out at the scenes of bad stuff like fires or murders, and if you get too close, they will attack you. They have sharp teeth, they wear iron boots, and they have long, sharp nails. They also carry a pipe staff to fight with. Now, the reason they are red caps, you should know this as well. You're nodding, so you remember. I was going to see if you were going to throw that in there. Absolutely. So they dip their caps into the blood of their victims to make them red. So the redder they are, the meaner they are.
0: Gross.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this I did not know, actually. They cannot let their caps dry. Oh, yucky. Yeah, yeah.
2: I so imagine they just the wear, oh, I don't want to think about it anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just wear wet. So let me go deeper in <laughs> So yeah, they're really, um, now this next one is really fun. Uh, I say that, I mean it, I'm sorry that I mean it. <laughs> this is a folklore called Hairy Hands. It's been around since 1910. There's a stretch of road, it's a very remote area, in Dartmoor, in the English county county of Devon. Mm -hmm. I'm not English, so that was a bit tricky for me, I don't know why.
2: (laughs) Those words don't make sense in the United (laughs)
1: States. (laughs) They're all totally typical (laughs) words, too, but maybe it's just me, it's probably not, but you know couldn't be. Maybe if I said it with an accent it would have been easier. Absolutely. (laughs) So um, the reason this is an issue is because there's this one stretch of road has a high number of accidents. So hairy hands is known to take control of your wheel to cause accidents. Uh, Sometimes a carriage, sometimes a motorcycle. In 1924, a woman was camping with her husband. Said she saw a set of hands trying to get into her tent, ooh. and it left when she made the sign of the cross,
2: which is super creepy. Right? How did now, the hands know she made the sign of the cross? Oh. <laughs> good question
1: (laughs) they are just hands they're not called hairy eyes (laughs) you'll have to get a hold of her
2: Mm -hmm. i'm sure she's probably totally still alive absolutely it was only 99 years ago and she was definitely camping with our husband (laughs) so she was already an adult (laughs) totally reasonable yes i think
1: so we'll give her a call some people do report seeing the hands on their wheel. Just hands. Others just say that they struggle as if someone has a hold of their wheel to keep Oh my god. Keep the the wheel going. Keep the I'm keep the using straight. my hands again
2: like anyone can see it. She has been working the steering wheel the entire time she's been talking about it. Uh,
1: also when i told this to ryan he asked me to clarify if it was hairy hands like hair or hairy like h-a-r-r-y like the man (laughs)
2: like somebody knew they belonged (laughs) to a man named harry
1: i like to picture that they have harry tattooed across the (laughs) (laughs) knuckles So, um, I thought I'm I'd throw that picturing, in.
2: Picturing like Thing from the Adams family. Yes. And how he drives and it's just these hands. <laughs>
1: See, that's proof that the hands need no eyes because Thing yeah, was fine. That's true. So, you know, we've debunked that theory. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Uh, This next one, you have to be careful on pronunciation. And her name is Black Annis. And she is a hag that lives in a cave. There's an oak tree outside of her cave where she hangs the skins of children that she steals from their homes through the windows. Okay. So when she was well-known, she would steal the babies from the windows. So in that time period, you can see a lot of homes that built their windows much smaller. And they would have also covered their windows with things like skins of animals and things like that, because they wanted to protect their children, clearly. And this black anise would let you know she's coming by howling because you could hear that from about five miles away and know that you needed to, like, close up the windows and stuff. She's obviously a terrible killer. Why would you let people know you were coming? Right. I got some tips for you. She must not be that hungry. No. She's warning everybody. She's nothing like hairy hands. The silent hairy hands. Nobody knew. They
2: appear and turn your wheel and ruin your life. Yeah. No howling. Not black anise. She'll let you know. She lets you know. It's your fault. (laughs) if you don't protect your children you don't love, love your children you. <laughs> uh, so isn't black isn't anise some sort of medic it's like a medicine or an herb or something
1: i think so i know they use it in black licorice oh yep <clears throat> and right. i think jaeger
2: because mm-hmm. it tastes like black licorice yeah i think Gross. you're
1: right <laughs> Ryan loves Black Lugrish and I don't know what's wrong with him but and you married him? I know. It it I was young. <laughs> True. <laughs> I was ten, ten years, years younger. Ago,
2: we were still young. <laughs> we are still young.
1: Yeah. Come on, try totally. together.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: the next one is very broad. And this is the white lady. And this ghost can be anywhere, but she is always seen in white, usually a white dress. Uh, they're always like time periody. Apparently, when you die, you must dress in old timing clothes forever. Forever. So this is someone, a woman who was killed by betrayal or suicide, and had a very tragic backstory. One of the most famous is in Berlin, and the white ladies will stay wherever they were killed or nearby. They can sometimes move to, like, a home that was really important to them, Uh, but there are several of them. There's definitely more Mm -hmm. than one. She's kind of broad, but she's not a
2: large (laughs) (laughs) lady.
1: She's just, there's more than one of them and they're everywhere. (laughs)
2: She's she's kind of, she's kind of
1: broad. (laughs) She's a chunky lady. There's nothing wrong with that. We are size inclusive here at Dungeons and Dopamine. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, there's also the apple tree man. What? He is not broad. (laughs) The apple tree man is said to be two different things. The stories kind of compete with each other. He is either a little old man who lives in the oldest tree in the field, or he is, in fact, the oldest tree in the field that has become sentient. So this is
2: not Paul Bunyan, then?
1: This is not Paul Bunyan.
2: Different apple tree man. Yes, Exactly.
1: So, to appease the apple tree man, you will pour cider onto its roots once a year. And if you do so, he will protect your orchard. If you take him off, he he can do a couple things, like kill the trees in your orchard, or he won't protect you in your orchard. Oh. Um, There was one story about a cat that was in the tree and the apple tree man told him you have to go there's going to be danger here and the cat couldn't leave soon enough but the apple tree man liked the cat it came and hung out in its branches and gave him company every day so at that time a battle went through the field and the apple tree man saved the kitty oh
2: yay i like the apple tree man
1: i do too just give him some cider. He's yeah. a happy dude. I
2: get it. I want cider sometimes, too.
1: Absolutely. I'd prefer no one poured it on me, but, like...
2: I'll take it how I get it. Yeah, okay? exactly. <laughs> if that's the only way you can get it to me, then fine. I'll, that's fine. Yeah. I like cider. hmm
1: <laughs> This next one you'll definitely know is familiar, and those are boggarts. Mm-hmm. And they're also called boggles. So these boggarts are different than your Harry Potter boggarts. They're a boogeyman. They are found in or around farms. And they typically just cause mischief. They will latch onto your family. So if your family Mm -hmm. moves into the farm and they'll do things like sour milk or knock over pails of dust after you sweep mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But if you move away, whether to get away from them or just because you've got to go, they will follow you. Oh, good. They're attached to you at that point. You've created a new family member. <laughs> exactly. Just a naughty, like, toddler, basically.
2: Great. Yeah. That's what I always wanted. Oh, yes, a, a permanent toddler. A toddler that I can't see. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that just causes mischief. Mm-hmm
1: probably at the worst times too of course now as boggarts age if they haven't found a family they can turn very violent and these boggarts will typically live in caves or marshes they kidnap
2: children and are violent so we so, want to avoid those so baby, you should invite a boggart to stay with you so that it doesn't eat children yeah. It's, you're really doing the world of service. Or if you hate your children. I mean. <laughs> Two birds, one stone. Boggart, get her. You have to go live in this cave. I will not cover the window to my children's rooms. Just saying.
1: No. The black anise is terrible. She's horrible at this. Mm-hmm. Boggart, if you hear her howl, just close the windows, okay? <laughs> this is perfect. The next one is actually really cute. They're called knockers. I believe in America we call them Tommyknockers. And I believe that there's a really creepy movie about them, but I have no idea. I want
2: to say it's a Stephen
1: King thing. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. These ones I don't think are like that at all.
2: I've never, Stephen King was never my cup of tea.
1: I read it. You did? I did, and I regretted it. It wasn't a great book.
2: The movie's fine. I've never seen that movie I haven't I read, seen the miniseries there was like a four book book that he had of mini stories and I read that and the only one I remember out of it is the Langoliers and they were the weird little like they devoured everything they came in contact to so they were like oh. slowly devouring the world I don't know huh
1: it's very Galactus of them was, yeah anywho yeah so, the knockers are small creatures who live in mines. They are helpful if the miners respect them.
2: They Everybody's so concerned about being respected. I know,
1: I know. It's like, why should I? What have you done for me? Right. But it's actually what they will do for you later. Oh, okay. So, if you offer them little things, like little treats or little... Um, what sac Not sacrifices. No, 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 no. Um, they treats- do not need children. <laughs> they do not. they hope. Um, <laughs> not in my research. Basically, you offer them little stuff. Mm-hmm. They will help the miners by knocking on the walls and warning them if the tunnel is about to collapse. However, if you tick them off, they might collapse it on purpose. Oh. So you gotta be good to them. Mm-hmm. Here comes another black dog. <laughs> Please forgive me if I'm saying this one wrong. The Guy Trash. And this is normally in the shape of a black dog. But he can shapeshift into a donkey, a wolf, or a crane. And he's very much like the Will-o'-the-Wisps. Sometimes benevolent, sometimes malevolent. You can usually tell when he's malevolent because his eyes are glowing red, like embers. Mm-hmm. But he leads you wherever he feels like at the moment, which is to danger, away from danger, to treasure, away from harm, out of being lost, etc. Mm-hmm. They have a very similar story. Mm-hmm.
2: I feel like I would know not to follow a dog with red eyes.
1: I'm really glad to hear that. That makes me worry about you a lot less. Yes. Especially since you live in the woods.
2: True. <laughs> but I will probably follow the lights just saying. So-
1: <laughs> I, I don't think you should have Halloween parties anymore. Could be fun. <laughs> I could tell by your face. You're like, (laughs) no, no, I don't agree with that.
2: (laughs) No. Totally going forward.
1: (laughs) This guy is one of my favorites. He's called Spring Heel Jack. He's a tall, thin phantom. He it's said that he has long claws and red eyes. Said that he wears a black cloak. And some stories have said that he breeds blue flames. He was fond of scaring <laughs> young women and coach drivers, coachmen. Okay. A lot of people searched for him, but no one ever found him. Personally, I like to think that this is like Batman if he'd never had, like, the Joker to balance him out. <laughs> he was just bored, and he was like, I'm going to go scare that coachman. And they put on his cloak, and he <laughs> boogie boogie boo. <laughs> And the coachman screamed and then Spring Heel ran away and he was in like a restaurant or something. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. His heel cave. (laughs) Yes, his heel cave. (laughs) I just like to think this is like a bored millionaire, not actually some sort of spook or phantom. And then of course the people who were embarrassed by him made up stories like that he had red eyes and breathed fire and stuff because they were embarrassed that some guy had peeked into their coach and been like consciously sleeping," <laughs> And <Ooh>. then <laughs> so I don't know why but he's one of my favorites. All right. He's uh, just a goof. He's yeah. Just, he's just messing with people. He's he's my kind of guy. <clears throat> I like well that and he's tall and slim so right. he is my kind of guy.
2: Definitely your true type. <laughs>
1: I also really like the flame breathing. <laughs> I mean, I've always had a thing for dragon men. <laughs> so, our next one is the brown man of the Moors, and he's dwarfish, and he's a guardian of the animals. Oh. The story goes that he made a deal with two men, and he told them, I'll spare you if you do not shoot any more animals and the men agreed and they left and one of the men went out hunting for dinner mm-hmm. and from the moment he pulled the trigger he was very ill. So he, the they do say that the brown men of the Moors aren't as common any longer because mm-hmm. we're expanding as humans and taking over more of the land that they're supposed to be protecting. So they've they've been diminished, but that mm-hmm. they're still out there, which I kind of like. <laughs> of course, you also have a mermaid. Of course. This is one of my favorites, only for the fact that I put something in my notes that I can't get enough of. So uh, mermaids are pretty pretty much what you typically think of, little mermaid, except mm-hmm. they are a sign of bad luck. Okay. If they saw them from a ship, it would often lead to bad weather. There are also the rare tales of them being like a siren, mm-hmm. where they lure men into the water. So what I have in my notes is, <laughs> mer murder. <laughs> <laughs> did you write that? My five minutes. Did
0: write that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> murder. <laughs>
1: and then that night, while I was talking to Ryan about it, I told him. And he did not laugh nearly enough. Ryan, I know I'm so very disappointed. <laughs> uh, that's I don't have a ton on mermaids, but I did have to share that because of mer murder. Mm-hmm.
2: Perhaps Sounds like a problem. Perhaps mer-murder this episode needs to
1: be better than mer murder. We
2: are definitely better than mer murder. Absolutely better. I mean, than we mer-murder. already proved we're better than murder. Yeah, but mer murder. Exactly. Mm-hmm
1: we got this the next one you will definitely recognize and that is a grindy yes these are like think of like swamp man mm-hmm. they're aquatic they're green and scaly with sharp claws and they like to pull people down in the water and drown them it's unknown why they drown them it's not known whether they eat them Or they just do it for funsies or like to protect their (laughs) plot of water. Quit Um, splashing around over here. This is a peaceful community. (laughs) We have an HOA.
2: (laughs) This is outside quiet hours.
1: (laughs) Exactly. They were probably furious when Harry Potter was in there. Yeah,
2: kicking around, dragging people around. They
1: stuck these people in the bottom of the lake. Gosh. Get them out. We can't even drown them. This next one is very similar to the knockers, but they wear little blue flame hats and they help the miners if the miners give them a full day's wage. What you're supposed to do is leave that as an offering in the cave at night and then leave. Mm -hmm. And the next morning that will be gone. And these little blue flames will lead you to mineral deposits in the walls or sometimes treasure. They will not help you if you do not pay them wages. Mm -hmm. And if you leave more than a day's wage, they will not take it. They will only take what is a fair day's wage. They're just looking for fair
2: and honest work. Exactly.
1: Exactly. They got to keep those little blue flame caps Mm -hmm. nice and tidy. So I like them a lot. I think they're really cute. If you look them up online, at least the photos I saw were adorable. Really? I really liked them. They can get violent as per everything if you do not leave them their day's wage. This next one showed up first in Shakespeare's writings, and he's called Heron the Hunter. Okay, he's Mm -hmm. I feel like pretty popular. He's pretty well known. He's said to have antlers growing from his head. He rides a large horse. Sometimes he'll torment cattle. Why I don't know. Because he's a
2: horse. I guess so.
1: A a ghost? Yeah, I don't know. He's a dude with antlers, and he rattles chains. (laughs) He's said to be able to cause decay, so if he touches a tree, he can kill it. And he's also said to be able to make your cattle produce blood, not milk. Oh, gross. Ooh. Yeah. It's also said that he may have been the original Wild Hunt leader. If you've played Witcher 3, there's a whole expansion on Mm. the Wild Hunt. It's really interesting. Really good. If you play Witcher 3, you should get that expansion. It's good stuff. <laughs> anyway, the next are vampires.
2: Mm-hmm. I this feel is, like I know a lot about vampires.
1: Yes. Now, these these are a little bit different because these are actually people who in their lives were wicked or awful people. Oh. And then they will come back to drink blood. Bad people. Um, there is a story that's pretty well known called Croglin Grange. It's a vampire legend that took place in Cumberland, England. It's thought to have begun around 1890-ish. So, the story goes that a home was rented out to a woman and two brothers, Amelia Edward and Michael Cranswell. During one summer, (laughs) Amelia was trying to sleep when a strange creature appeared at her window and began picking out the lead that surrounded one of the window panes. Which, we won't get into, you know, lead poisoning and stuff. We'll just gloss over that. When he finally had a large enough gap, he reached his hand into the window and unlatched it and let himself in. He was described as having a brown face and flaming eyes. It's said that he then bit her in the throat and when her brothers came into the room the monster was gone. One brother tried to help the sister, the other went after the creature. Apparently she survived this and the three took a trip to Switzerland and when they returned the creature also returned and at this time the brother shot it in the leg and then was able to track it to a vault in the local cemetery. They waited until the next day to enter the vault where they did find the body and it did have a fresh wound where it had been shot, so they lit it on fire, burned the corpse. As you would. Yes, exactly. So that's one of the first stories of this particular for some reason he's very famous vampire. Okay something. We also have Hobbs. These are cute little household spirits who do chores for you overnight. But you are not to offend them. How do I get some of these hobs? <laughs> <laughs> great question. Move to England? But watch out for the Step boggarts. Step one Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe they live in New Zealand, so when we move to New Zealand, they'll be there for us. Perfect. Yeah. We'll Love just it. put
2: that out into the universe now that yeah. we need some hobs waiting for us. Exactly. When we get to New Zealand. The great thing about Hobbes is that
1: all you have to do to keep them happy is to give them food. Like a bowl of cream or a small cake the biggest thing is you do not want to
2: offend them by giving them clothing oh so they're house elves exactly yes but like happy house elves yeah hermione would be so happy
1: yes maybe she no this is way off the timeline never mind we're not gonna. We're not gonna invest in that theory. Besides, we're done with conspiracy theories. Right. That was the last week. Jeez. Or two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is a, sh- a short story. An older woman was living alone in her home. She had a really hard time keeping up with chores. And a hob came in and he was doing chores for her. However, she offended him by giving him a hat and an apron, and he left. And she. She grew weaker and weaker, having to take care of the house by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, there are dwarves, of course. Of course. Uh, very Tolkien esque. They're quite greedy. They usually live underground. They don't like humans in, in I mean, fair. English. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue that. Um, <laughs> they are often short and ugly, which, you know, calling them short and ugly might be part of the reason they don't like humans. Right. What do I know? There is also something called a knucker. And this is not to be confused with knockers because Mm -hmm. they're very different. These are water dragons or sea serpents. And these live in deep holes near the edges of ponds and rivers called knucker holes. And a knucker hole is believed to infinitely go down. There's no bottom. They feed on livestock and occasionally people. There's a legend that one of these knuckers outwitted a local farmer's son he was offended so he decided he would cook a huge pie with poison in it Mm -hmm. and he would bring it out and the knucker ate it as well as the horse and cart that he had brought it on (laughs) and then it died which, also, the boy died after that, perhaps because he used the poison to make the pie. Mm-hmm. It, I think in the end, really, the boy is the loser in all this, because first he got outsmarted by a dragon, and then he got
2: killed. Right. Nothing good really came of it. Just a poor dead dragon. Yeah. Sad. I mean, sometimes you just have to sacrifice your livestock to Once in dragons. a while, yeah. They're very hungry.
1: They are. And, I mean, if you befriend one, they could be awesome.
2: Yeah. They should have talked to their local. they probably know how to find treasure. Druid. Yeah. Or they have treasure already. Right. Right. Right.
1: <laughs> You're right about that. <laughs> Why do I always do an offensive accent in every episode? Cal, <laughs> we're going to get canceled. I'm going to get canceled. You'll still be fine. You can still talk about your houseplants. It'll just be me. Camping
2: hacks. We'll we'll just have to make sure you don't say anything offensive after that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's totally doable. Yeah, ab- absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the editing is for,
1: right? Exactly. <laughs> so there are also giants, pretty much what you'd think of. Um, they're often not super smart. Mm-hmm. The The fun thing about giants is that they're often linked to the natural phenomena of England, And actually, we have our own in Michigan, Paul Bunyan. He created, I believe, our lakes Mm -hmm. for us. And um, there's several others. I just, of course, can't remember them off the top of my head. But the giants are the ones who have created natural mountains and ditches and things like that, Mm -hmm. which I think are kind of fun. We're almost wrapping up. We also have the Green Children of Woolperth. So the story goes that one day these two children wandered up to a village. There was a girl and a boy. They could not speak English. And all they would eat was raw meat. So this village did, in fact, take them in. And, oh, and they had green skin. Oh, good. Yeah. I was
2: (laughs) hoping there was a tie. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, that's... Potentially like, the turn most important the part. Green? <laughs> they dyed them like uh, <laughs> like weird meat eating children. You have to be green. <laughs> we need to we know need that you it's stand you. Out. <laughs> we want to know you're coming. You smell. <laughs> if you ate raw meat, you could only I eat. so yeah. Anyway, so um, they did take these children in and decided to baptize them, which was basically the practice at the time. Mm-hmm. When they did so, the little boy did not survive. I don't know what kind of baptism they were going for, but I think he, he I don't think they drowned him. That's not really what the story went, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> not really sure. I cannot confirm nor deny. So um, the little girl did survive, and as she grew, she first started to learn English, but also her green tint started to fade away. Mm-hmm. And when she could speak, she told that she and her brother had come from a land that was entirely green and had no sun. Really strange. There, Super strange. There wasn't a whole lot more on it, but they reminded me of Game of Thrones. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. Now this last one is something. This is another
2: black dog. Do you think it had, some, like, black dogs, black cats? Yeah, like maybe. Maybe like some sort of tie? Bad luck or... Or and somehow, like, dogs got away from it, but cats are still believed to be bad luck for some that reason. That could be. I don't know.
1: <clears throat> it could also be, like, evolutionary. Maybe they had a lot of, like, rabid street dogs yeah. that were black because they were bred through mm-hmm. and...
2: Or wolves, like you yeah, mentioned before. Yeah, yeah. It's, something.
1: it's really strange. They had a lot of them. But this one is called the Black Shuck. He's a one-eyed spectral hound. He's black, of course. Mm-hmm. And he's horse size so he's really oh. large one of the most notable reports of the black shuck is in bungay and Blythburgh churches there are two churches in 1577 it said that this black shuck burst through the doors of the holy trinity church like a clap of thunder he ran up the middle aisle he went past the huge congregation. He did kill a man and a boy by causing the steeple to collapse through the roof. And as he left, he swiped at the door and left scorch marks on the door, which you can actually see to this day. Really? I did see a photo of it. It's pretty convincing. Um, I mean, it literally could have been anything, but it's quite a fun theory. Right. And you can also fight him in the Assassin's Creed Valhalla oh. game. He's one of the mini bosses. Exactly. So, that game. oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. you'll probably see him. Or he's already fought him. Probably. But. I think he's put that one. Despite that, he's <laughs> pretty cool. And the photos of the door are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Who knows what left them, really, honestly? In
2: 1577?
1: 15... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So those are my English folklore. I hope they brought you some more folklorish dopamine. I do have a really fun one for next week as well. I'm super excited to tell you guys about. And I actually have no idea what Brie is talking about today.
2: So <laughs> I am talking about what I call feral landscaping. That's right. I didn't know what you were talking Um, about. I kind of made up the word for our own situation, and I'll be honest with you, it kind of came from a book because um, that's what I do. <laughs> so I, it, it started, you know, during COVID and in 2020, we got to do what everybody else did and we were stuck home for a while. And of course, we made our yard really pretty and we, you know, did patio or blocks down by the fire pit and made a cool patio area and we re mulched everything we did all those things that most people do every year and then I Got another job. I added a second job again in the fall of 2020 and So when spring came around again Basically, I just had to make a decision on how to spend my time and at that point in our lives What had to go was gardening and landscaping we had tried to do container gardens before That year, I think we did do a raised bed with just a few like tomato plants and zucchini plants, which I never got to eat because we had a raccoon that ate all of them, (laughs) or no, did not eat all of them, would come in and take one bite out of every tomato and leave the rest. So between that and just not having any time, I gave up on my yard. It was just something I had to take off my list. And surprisingly enough nothing bad happened like we just moved on with our lives my husband still maintained like the little bit of lawn that we have and he has a leaf blower so you know getting the leaves out of there was important because we live in the middle of the woods I don't think I even picked up a rake that year I just I was very busy the following summer was just as busy but I began to notice that by not gardening our yard and our had kind of like come alive and it again started from a book. Um, the book is actually called The Change I think. Yes The Change by Kristen Miller um, and the it was a really weird book. It's kind of a middle age um, fantasy true crime novel. I assumed that this book was a gardening book? <laughs> nope. <laughs> you would think so, but no. No, it is actually a midlife crisis um, fantasy book. Okay. So, the change in this story kind of relates to like, almost like menopause age, and these, it's three women, and they're all going through something, like, two of them are getting divorced, and one of them, her husband had died, and as they approach this, like, middle-aged menopause age, they have They discover they have magic powers like one of them becomes very very strong she's basically like a brick wall Uh, one of them can see ghosts which is like a family thing that she knew was coming and just starts up at this certain age but the third woman her magic power is plants and gardening so she has the power to not only make her plants kind of come alive but like increase their growth and her you know because it's a true crime novel also not a true crime but there's like a crime story in it of course she grows plants that are deadly or toxic or can you know vines that can grab people so I read this book and it's an okay book to be honest you know if you're into the the crime novel you know bad men women power kind of story it was good but I really latched on to this woman that could like create these plants and grow these plants especially when I started noticing that by letting my yard just go feral for a year, all of a sudden we had new plants. And strangely enough, one of them was foxglove, which is yeah. very, very pretty, but also very, very dangerous. Yes. Um, they actually use it in a heart medication. They can use it to make heart medication. So if you ingest foxglove, it can basically stop your heart. So if my husband dies of a heart attack <laughs> anytime soon... Please don't investigate me. It definitely was not me with the foxglove <laughs> in the yard. But it's very pretty. It's a gorgeous flower. It's purple. Yeah. Um, and it came up out of nowhere. We the had lived in the house. And yeah. yeah. I I had some. You stole my foxglove, didn't you? I did. Mine has not come back up. Um, my magic plant powers stole it and made it <sighs> pop up in my yard. Because we had lived there for a couple of years already and had never noticed these gorgeous, vibrant flowers that popped up that year. We also, or I also noticed, we, where we live, we have to have propane, so we have that big, ugly propane tank, and there is a bush in front of it that had been there since we moved in, and I had been kind of maintaining it, that has these beautiful, yellow, bushy flowers. I think, we think maybe it's some sort of, like, Japanese rose. Okay. But it's these long vines and these beautiful flowers, and it just exploded in that year that I didn't take care of it and started camouflaging our propane tank. Nice. And at the same time, all these raspberry vines came up out of nowhere. So now I have this corner of my yard that is completely like these crazy thorny vine flowers, which is an incredible habitat for the birds that I love so much. So now I have all these new birds that are not only loving the protection that they get from these bushes and the beautiful fruit they get to eat that I never get any of because the birds eat all the raspberries before I can get there. Similar to your greedy raccoon. Yeah, I mean, I'm basically just feeding wildlife at this point. That's kind of you. Yeah, I, you know, (laughs) practicing my druidry that I'm eventually going to get to. Absolutely, yes. It's also a great place for my chickens to hide and it's a very sandy ground over there and they love their dust baths. So my chickens will gravitate towards that area and take their dust bath and then hang out and hide from aerial predators under these vines. I also had raspberry bushes start up and take over under my where my bird feeders are now, which I'm assuming is some sort of like bird dropping transfer seed situation. It's best if we don't think too hard about yeah. those things. Um but another so it's another bird sanctuary protection area. Then I started noticing that in my actual flower beds that I had been maintaining all these years, there all these things I had been pulling up that I thought were weeds, we have a bunch of wild mint out there. Oh cool. Um, we had wild garlic and wild onions. We have all these beautiful flowers that come up and a lot of them are useful herbs or plants that um, I could, one of them, it is a weed, but I can feed it to my chickens. It used to be like thought of as a lettuce. So I, now my, now my yard is actually creating plants that I can either, you know, I could put wild mint in my tea or I can feed my chickens with this weird weed lettuce plant that comes up. Um, I get many daisies, I just, my whole yard just exploded with all of these things I had never seen before. Cause I was probably either mulching over them or pulling them up before I realized what they were. So this year we have evening primrose that came out of nowhere. I've never had it. I've never noticed it in my yard before. And, and my, how
1: long has it been now? Since you started this um, three?
2: I gave up in 2021 so would, would have been the second year. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and we're still finding new things. So our feral gardening or our feral landscape started because I didn't have time. And I kind of, between the book and myself, it was kind of just like a word I was using to explain why my yard looked very unkempt, but how I had turned it into a positive thing because now all of this cool stuff was happening. Oh, wait, this totally ties into
1: working with your your downfalls. Yes, you didn't have time, and you ended up with this kick butt garden. Yeah, it's like your and ADHD.
2: It, yeah, my Love ADHD it. showed me a way to still benefit from not having time and not and, pushing myself to be miserable and yeah. and work on all this stuff. When really, in reality, it doesn't matter. Right. None of my friends are judging me over what my yard looks like. Um, I live a thousand feet off the road, so it's not like anybody's complaining about it. And I didn't overstress myself trying to make it perfect. You ended up with something
1: even better than if you had worked your butt off and spent all that time
2: and wasted all Mm -hmm. the time because you had a kid growing up that you would have missed out. And he was not the type of kid that was going to be out there (laughs) helping me weed my garden by any means. Uh, So then when this podcast started and and i don't remember what we were talking about probably my house plants but i started thinking about talking about my feral landscaping but when i started googling it it is a thing that exists that people do these days they're calling it ungardening or rewilding it's mostly taking on a more like natural yard or and it's a big movement but i found some really cool things and so We started doing that because there wasn't time. A lot of other people are choosing these more native landscapes or unwilding or or rewilding or ungardening um, either because, you know, they're hippies and they care less about green grass and more about native plants and and having gardens or because of space concerns you mentioned in, in your topic that we're... You know, our urban sprawl and how much land we're taking up as humans is just incredible. So all this green grass, all these beautiful lawns that we've been focusing on for the last 50 years are just wasted space. So people are starting to make them into gardens. So instead of driving through a nice neighborhood and having a bunch of green lawn, you might see some raised beds or some in-bed or in-ground gardens. I've seen
1: on TikTok, sorry to interrupt. I've seen wildflower lawns, mm-hmm. which are incredible. And then Ryan and I personally are trying to do clover lawn. Yes. We aren't, well, the time thing, really, we aren't ripping up our existing lawn. We're just going to try and clover it patches mm-hmm. at a time. And then maybe we will
2: start tearing it up. But we just want to feed the bees. It's yes. really a big thing for us. And that is huge. Not killing our pollinators anymore. So yes. getting away from all the pesticides that are needed to have a lush green grass getting away from all the water that's required to have a lush green grass. So yes, the wildflower gardens are huge, even in like some cities are starting to encourage building these native wildflower gardens in yards just to bring back our pollinators, which gets into my next week's topic also uh, when I talk about monarch butterflies. So the clover lawn i read a lot about the clover lawn that is something we've also considered and we're kind of doing it like you did and in our own way where we just kind of let the clover that we have take over so we mow a lot less because we let the clover go to seed and spread those seeds but we also just have kind of a mossy lawn now anyway because we're so shaded and i did research this year about moss lawns and they're actually they're fine i don't know what it is about when we were growing up or like people think moss is gross or moldy or like Fumble. people are allergic to it but yeah. it's not it's just it's just another plant
1: personally i love to i don't like wearing shoes at all mm-hmm. so anything my yard can do to make it soft and fluffy for me is fantastic yes and moss is i mean judge me if you want but one of the most satisfying things to step on it's soft Ever. and
2: squishy. It yes. just feels nice. Yes. I don't know why. I think people just have this idea that it's gross or it's going to like make them itchy or something. It's also but it's, beautiful. It is, and it doesn't, when I, in one of my jobs, when I used to clean houses, uh, one of the people I cleaned for, she would pour like the bottom dregs of the beer. Uh, she had a moss area in front of her um, front porch and she would pour the beer on it and it would help the moss grow. So you're not wasting a bunch of water. The only downside to, to moss is it's a very small root system, so it's not very mm-hmm. stable. So if you have like erosion issues or uh, water issues where you need something that's really grabbing into the ground so it doesn't get washed away, moss might not be such a good so option. We have a slopey yard a very slopey yard, mm-hmm. so I don't know if we could yeah. maintain a moss. And, and it's e- really easy for animals to rip up, so sure, the yeah. dogs are really hard to have moss lawns because every time they run, they're basically digging it up. So right now we have kind of a hybrid, like, lawn-clover-moss situation, but it feels really nice. Like, it, it's just as easy to play catch on than any other lawn. And, and you guys aren't
1: worried about like moles or birds or wild animals ruining your lawn
2: because i that's don't what care it's if it's for. pristine yeah. yeah i don't you know the i guess there's probably downsides to having moles but i really as far as i know it's mostly just a lawn problem and they Flowers. eat bugs yeah yeah yeah
1: and like the, does the moss harvest little bugs for your chickens
2: oh yeah because I feel like that would be huge benefit mm-hmm. with your chickens. Yes. Well, and the grass does too. Sure. But yeah. that's actually one of the benefits to chickens is they're out eating all of those creepy crawlies, like all the ticks. We actually notice a lot less ticks when we're free-ranging our chickens versus Excuse when we're keeping them locked up. I have up. to go buy one million chickens.
1: <laughs> and then you can do the
2: chicken wars on TikTok. Yes. Have you seen those? I haven't. You should. Then <laughs> you will laugh forever.
1: I see a lot of people dressing their chickens up on TikTok, and you're so
2: lucky I don't send you <laughs> every single TikTok. <laughs> That's all my TikTok will be, is just chickens in Chickens outfits. and costumes,
1: mm-hmm. hands, feet. The hands are pretty hilarious. Hat. Hats are fantastic. I'm going to get my chickens some hats. If anyone would like to knit some chicken hats, Bree is absolutely willing to take some. Mm-hmm. I will as well. Mine are going to be hobbits that would be perfect. <laughs>
2: um, so yes, yeah, so we started, some people are getting away from lawns, they're moving to clover lawns, which is less water, it's less upkeep, it's less mowing. Uh, there are benefits to that because, you know, mowing is still using fossil fuels and gas and putting whatever into the air. Plus it and takes time and effort. Yeah, yeah. Out here where we live, we don't pay for water but if you live in the city or live somewhere where you have to pay for water then sometimes you're paying just to have to water your grass i when i show houses i actually point out you know if there's an underground or if there's a leftover well for houses that are in the city that can be used for sprinkling because then you're not paying to water your lawn Um, which
1: can get crazy expensive especially if you have like a double lot or mm -hmm. something
2: in the city yeah and a lot of cities require upkeep of your grass. So that, so I'll, well, I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> uh, other reasons is pesticides I mentioned. You know, you need a lot less pesticides when you're not having a green lawn. And the more we learn about pesticides and the more we learn about things like Roundup and how it causes cancer, then it's definitely good to get away from those pesticides. But some of the coolest thing I, c- coolest things I learned is when you are doing the more natural landscaping you can be a lot more lazy about it so it's actually good to leave your leaves in the fall and leave them out all winter Um, people don't because if you leave your leaves on your grass all winter it'll kill your grass but if you're not worried about that it makes a good compost it makes a good mulch It breaks down into the ground and there's all kinds of benefits plus it houses all of our insects and our pollinators so if you read about all this this natural landscaping people will tell you not to rake at the end of the season and not to rake until like or may or early June sometimes depending on where you live because you want to keep that warmth in those leaves on the ground for as long as you can for all the bugs.
1: I do that for my flower beds. Mm -hmm. Um, We, Ryan takes care of the yard, I don't pay a lot of attention to that, but that's something really good to keep in mind for our clover. Mm -hmm. Um, But I leave them in my flower beds so that the really cold winter won't just freeze up my stuff.
2: Yeah, and it helps your bugs, your pollinators, your flowers, it adds nutrients into the soil because the leaves break down. You're using less fertilizer because you're not caring about the, the grass. So if you do want to get into a more native or natural or ungardening or rewilding, something really important to focus on is making sure you're choosing native plants. So that is the big thing that has been a problem, especially with previous years of gardening or lawns is not only have we brought in like strains of grass that aren't native to certain areas, so then they're harder to grow and they require more care and more upkeep and more stuff. But then we're inviting invasive species into our areas and it's taking out and choking out the native plants that live there and ruining, you know, what's supposed to be there. You're bringing in plants that maybe our pollinators can't use or is bad, you know, bad for our situation. So you want to make sure you're researching native plants You want to focus on some the plants that can help our pollinators, so you know the wildflowers, things with blooms. You want to try to focus on maybe plants that have multiple uses. So not only are they just pretty flowers, but maybe some of them are edible, or it's mint that you can use in your tea, which. I also did learn that mint is actually incredibly invasive and will grow very quickly. So you have to be careful with your mint or it'll take over your entire yard. And just doing the research on what plants can be eaten or made in tea or all of that. dandelion can be turned into tea. Dandelions have a ton of uses if you look at them. And for some reason, someone at some point decided they were an ugly weed because they ruined green lawns. And we've been destroying them ever since, but they, they make a good tea. Um, dandelion root, I think is medicinal in some ways. And it's so fun when they're puffy to blow on you, them and make a wish. Yeah, they're good luck. You can make what, wishes with them. You can make wine with them. There's yes. a dandelion wine. It's- Dang, yeah. yeah. It's incredible. And like I said, all the stuff I used to pull up as weeds is st- like mint and lettuce stuff that you could put in salads, like 80% of it is edible and most people just toss it out or get rid of it, or they don't plant it. You do want to make sure you do really good research with that, though, because there are still a lot of toxic plants that are native, such as foxglove and even, I think, the evening primrose, if Um, not done correctly, can be dangerous. Lily of the valley is really bad for your pets. Mm -hmm. I don't know, human-wise, but I know it can kill a dog. Um, I learned today, and again, I'll talk about it with my monarchs too, but milkweed is actually toxic. Really? Yeah. Which I definitely remember playing with as a kid, Absolutely. so I'm very surprised by this, but it's why monarchs are actually toxic. You should not eat monarch butterflies. Dang it. Just so you know. That's what I was going to suggest we have for lunch. Oh. <laughs> now we're going to have to come up with a new plan.
1: Dang it. I love that. I think that's so cool. I love the idea. I think. I've noticed that there are quite a few websites out there that you can find your natural
2: yes, habitats. Yes, there are millions of websites, probably not millions, but a lot I'd of websites. You if you said millions. <laughs> that will either give you options of what native plants are good for your area and where to buy them, or there's even landscaping companies now that focus on oh. doing natural landscaping and working with native species. Um, there's a man in Holland that started a company. They call him the Doomgrass Man. I think the company is old old paths or something old and he raises and harvests dune grass and then goes into areas like down to the beach and he goes into places like that and places all this dune grass to help with the erosion Control and making sure that our dunes aren't being lost. That's amazing because I know that's a huge problem. Yeah, we lost a whole set of stairs at the end of this road because the erosion and the water level got so high. And now that it's down, we've replaced the stairs, but we have to come up with a way to fix this erosion so that our stairs don't get washed away again. And our dunes protect
1: us from a lot. Yeah.
2: I mean, our tiny little area the weather that we don't see based on our dunes is incredible they protect us quite well you do want to focus on finding plants that are native to your area that are safe for your family members if you have dogs or cats or kids that you don't think you can trust around these dangerous plants or at least put them in areas where they won't be accessible to those types of people or animals um And I still actually just have a ton of information to talk about so I think I'm gonna wrap this up here and actually next week I'm going to talk more about more benefits of the natural landscaping, um, how to actually have nice landscaping while still keeping it more natural and in this rewilding um, idea of things. And then I also really want to talk kind of extensively about my in-laws and what they've done with their yard and what their transition has looked like because when I met them they were very much a lush green grass kind of family Um, and they're not anymore and it's gorgeous so I will actually probably share pictures of that too next week
1: perfect okay I love it so
2: everybody was on a cliffhanger (laughs) (laughs) you have to wait for next week to find out good things about native gardening and
1: stuff (laughs) (laughs) can't wait for that (laughs) (laughs) i love stuff um so we still don't have an outro um but we do want to thank everyone struggle through it every midwestern we
2: don't want to stop talking (laughs) midwestern yik yak and we'll have to invite jessica's dogs on to be (sighs) guest stars sometime
1: i don't I don't know if anybody's heard, but my dog has been a part of this conversation quite actively.
2: She adds a lot to the conversation. She's if pretty only wise. we to understand her. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we thank you so much for joining us on our fifth episode of Dungeons and, and dopamine. dopamine. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.